welcome to the Feld Podcast. I am your host, Sam Iscavel. Thank you so much to everyone that's listening and supporting us, for everyone that's following us on our social media. All you got to do is look on the description below, and you'll be able to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and any other platform that's out there. I'm not sure how many there are, but I'm on a few of them. But thank you so much. I've been having fun in every episode as I bring people in and uh, we we just see what people's perspective is on failure and challenges because it's just a part of life and people sometimes don't like to talk about it. So here on the show, I want to talk about it. I want to ask questions around failure and challenges in hopes that it can help you, the listener, get through maybe a tough time or maybe help you help someone else that's going through a film because it does have uh, a strong impact on individuals. And so I'm hoping to shine a little light, you know, to be the silver lining whenever someone's going through a challenging time. Today, we have a great episode. Um, I have Richard Gonzalez with me. He's going to jump in here in a second. He is a friend of my wife's and he uh, we share a few friends in common and I watch him on social and uh, he's teaching people, he's helping people out, motivating people. And I like that. And I always wonder how did that individual end up there? Because it's tough to teach. And, and not only is it tough to teach, but it's tough to have people to teach. And he's there right now. And I, that, I kind of find that inspiring. And so today we're going to get to know Richard a little bit. Richard, how are you doing today? I am doing great and I'm glad to be here, Sam. Yeah. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for, for coming on. I know that you heard our previous episode and uh, I saw you like it and make a comment on Facebook. And so that was my end. dude. I was like, I, I'm going to reach out to him. I got to have him on. And so thank you so much for being here. Tell me a little bit, a little bit about who you are and what you're doing, you know, in this world right now. What's your business? What's your life about? And then once we kind of go through that, then we'll jump into your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Richard Gonzalez. I am the owner of Lovely Home Solutions. Basically, my business is the buying of houses and I renovate them and I either resell them traditionally uh, or I own or finance or yeah. I'll have um, rental properties. So uh, it's what I do is pretty simple. Just yeah. basically buying houses, fixing them up, and either selling them or rental, renting them. Yeah. Uh, on the side, I also teach other individuals how to get started in the business, um, how to do certain aspects of what I do, nice. finding the money, rehabbing, uh, how to buy a property right, how to sell it, numerous things. How long have you been doing it? January of 2014. So that was uh, eight Man. years ago, just Man. back in January. Yeah, it, it seems like everyone that's in the game right now, I ask them and they're like, oh man, two months, you yeah. know, like yeah. six months, because it's like really hype right now and hot. But you've been around for a while. That's a long time for a real estate yes. or what, investor, agent, whatever, you know, your niche is. That's a long time. So that's pretty good. So that just tells me that you know. Uh, what you're doing. You've experienced I, I it from many, so. many angles. And so people forget it's important to invest time in things because that's where understanding and clarity comes from. All right, here we go, Richard. I want to know, I asked my wife about you. I said, oh, tell me a little bit about Richard. Y'all were in high school together. Y'all had the same, you know, circle of friends. 
And and I asked her, you know, because I was like, okay, man, tell, give me the dirt on Richard, man, because <laughs> I, I want to know the challenges and failures he had when he was a young kid. And she laughed, and she was like in deep thought, bro. And I was like, uh oh, she's got some, she's got to choose from a few things. It's quite a bit in there. And dude, I, I, it was so funny. She goes, you know what? He was straight laced. He was a good guy. There's. There's nothing really bad that I can point out. I said, okay, dude. That's, well, that's a compliment right there. I was there. like, dude, okay, so I'll go, okay, so maybe he shouldn't come on the failed podcast since since he was, like, doing good since high school. And, and we were just laughing. And she goes, well, uh, I'll tell you something funny about Richard. And I said, okay, fine. Um, and this happened in high school, so I don't know whoever's listening. You yeah. know, it happened yeah, a long, long time ago. Long, long, How long, long, long was that? Yeah. 18 years ago? Yeah. Somewhere another there. life. Another life. <laughs> another life. And then, so, she, you know, her and her friend, <laughs> I'm laughing, bro, because I know. Yeah. Don't turn red because it'll show up on YouTube. No. And she she said, me and my friends would make a list <laughs> of, of guys that we would date that were good guys. And you made the list every time for several young ladies during that time. And so I thought that was kind of funny, but that says a lot about you, that you had a good character. And I know when you're young, you know, like a a knucklehead attracts Mm -hmm. girls and everything, but you were like on the right path and making good decisions. You were focused in school. And you know, and and they were they found you attractive. And so there you go. I just want to give you some props there, you know, decades late. Uh, but that's what she said. And I was like, good, man. You know, I there's nothing wrong if maybe your failures and challenges aren't epic, right? right? But but we all learn and we all go through situations that make us better, okay? So tell me a little bit about how you grew up in high school and how you maintain just, you know, being a good person, staying focused. And maybe talk to me about what you were thinking you were going to do in the future when you finished. Yeah, well, that's quite a compliment because she remembers a version of me that I may not, you know, (laughs) actually remember. So um, high school was very actually challenging for me. Yeah. Um, I was very lost and confused. I think I had... I think I had some good intentions and good motives. I felt like I was trying to find myself. And I actually have a a teenager now, so I can see her wrestling through becoming who she is got it and i recall vividly in you know between the ages of 15 to 18 really trying to find who i was and it wasn't an easy thing yeah so um how how far do you want me to go back no no let's start there looking back during that time when you're trying to find who you are and then obviously like right now like if I asked you, I know you could answer. It's like, man, here's what I do. I wake up every yep. day and boom, I clock in. I know who I'm helping. And, and and that feels good. And But people don't realize like how great that is because it for many people, they'll last longer mm-hmm. not knowing who they are. When did, what were some of the struggles of knowing what your purpose was? And when did you remember when you said, I know what I'm going to do? And then like you yeah. narrowed well, it down. Well, there was a big gap. I mean, that was, you know, ever since I was a child to middle school years to high school years, yeah. I wrestled with that. And I didn't really figure out what I wanted to do until I was about 25 years old. Got so it. from it stretched from high school all the way up into early adulthood. One of the worst questions that I had as a child is that whenever I would get a job, where do you see yourself? Hated, I know. hated that question because I had no vision for two years, for one year, for five years. I was just trying to 
get huh. a paycheck and, and, and earn a living. My first job at 15 was at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, I worked at Domino's. I worked at Sonic. I worked at Pizza Hut. I mean, so that's what I strive for. I mean, yeah. I was just trying to look for a job. So that goes a lot to say. And I know everybody begins somewhere, but yeah, some of those somewhere. I had into early adulthood, into my early 20s. So it wasn't even uh, something that I did. You know, as a 15 and 16 year old, I carried yeah. over as a part time job, as a second job. Yeah. But it just goes, to show, I really didn't have any direction in my life up until, you know, approaching mid 20s. Yeah. Okay. So during that time, you're working in fast food. When did you start saying, like, when did you, like, if this is the proper term, when did you finally say, you know what, I need to change paths. I need, uh, you know, this isn't going to work. What hit you and what finally forced you to say, I I need to step into something else? Yeah. So, you know, when I became 18, I started working in warehouses and I would take these fast food second jobs. Yeah. And it was very, um, you know, even when I did that, I was great at what I did. You know, when I would work in the warehouse and when I was working in the fast food, I just had a desire to just, I didn't just want to go there and do nothing. I just kind of yeah. wanted to be productive. Yeah. And back, what I recognize now, what I didn't recognize then is that there was something in there that desired to be a better version of myself. Yeah. Even if I didn't have a business to do it in, um, I would wanted to do that because that was a quality that I possessed. Yeah. So, um, um Remind me of your question. One no, and just, so what What finally made you say enough's yeah. enough? I, I, I just got to find another well, okay, path. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting, that took time. Yeah. So probably, again, I didn't really find out what I wanted to do to about 25, but at about, mm. about the age of 21, I started kind of uh, personal development. Got it. I started the journey of growth. I started reading. I started looking at opportunities. I started, you know, going to, you know, Maybe Seminars, like a seminar yeah. or something like that. And I started being introduced to people's way of thinking, uh-huh. you know. And as I began to feed my mind and yeah. began to feed my, my soul, um, my desires be for doing something different began to increase. So that that stretch lasted, you know, from 21 to 22 till I finally pulled the trigger about 25, 26 so what kind of things that like these seminars or books that you were reading, what was inspiring you? Because, okay, here, here's what I want to put on the table. It seems like in this culture nowadays, it's like, oh, man, money and fame and cars. And fine, that's a result of success. But I feel like sometimes there's something more internal that can help somebody keep going and encourage them. So at a young age, was it that stuff or was it something else? Well, so obviously my my motives and my desires have grown over the years. Yeah. But in the very beginning, so I I tried to go to college. Okay. So I, I went to TCC for about six and years. You used the word tried. Yes. I'm listening. Okay. So I tried to go. <laughs> like Dr. Phil's. Well, like well let doctor. me rephrase that. I tried to make it work. So it. <laughs> it took me six years to get a two-year degree. And I only com- I only finished it because I'm like, man, I'm already this far. I've been going this long. I may yeah. as well do it. I finished my two-year degree in six, and I realized I still have no clue what I wanted to do. Again, back to the no vision, you know, no, yeah. I couldn't see anything, anything, anything past a job or anything past that. So, um, well, let me look. Let me. I want to stop there because, <laughs> okay, so there's a challenge. Yep. That I caught in that little part, and that is that. Six years, right? You should have had a master's. You got an associate's. Yeah, exactly. How about that? No big deal. You know, that was a big accomplishment for me, though. Absolutely. (laughs) You gained so many other things in those six years. Your network, your friends. It's a numerous number of things. But here's the thing that gets me that I see happen to a lot of people, and that is that 
if they don't do it in two years, then they start carrying this embarrassment right. or this shame. And they're likely to drop out. They don't want to see it through. And I think that just committing, no matter how long it was going to take, you made up your mind and you said, I'm going to finish. And it took you six years to get your two-year degree. But for me, that's facing a challenge. Mm -hmm. Like the other option is to fail. The other option is to not do it. And so I want to commend you for doing that and putting that out there to our audience because there's somebody like me, and it's funny because we kind of share that because I'm a slow I'm a slow yep, learner. So I take my time in things. And so for me to finish something academically is going to take me time. Now, there's other things that I'm fast at, but academically it's going to take time. And so I think that's an encouragement for people. You don't have to be like college doesn't have to be fast food. Like it might take you a little bit longer, but the goal is not to fail. And I like that you didn't fail and that you kept going. Right. And there's an actual quality behind that. So one of the things that I believe or one of the keys to success is resilience, mm. the capacity to just keep on going. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't that I didn't have these those thoughts in my mind over those six years. You know, yeah. I, I kind of knew year four or five into it that, hey, you know what? I don't really want to do anything with a degree, but I decided to keep on going to honor my commitment to yeah. myself and amongst other things and, and the resilience factor and the commitment factor. So, I mean, uh, even though, quote unquote, I didn't go the school direction, the qualities that I was developing myself mm-hmm. would benefit me far beyond, you know, a degree, far into my business, yeah. into my marriage, to whatever it is that I do. Now, learning, obviously, in those, you would have got less exposure to learning in two years than you did in six those six years that you saw professors teach you the way that people ran their classes and so on, is there a connection to to that to now? Because I know that you're teaching, like you have classroom settings, and now all of a mm-hmm. sudden you're in the front, and now you have students. Where did that come from? Where did that desire? How did you develop that desire to? Pub, you know, do public speaking and teaching. Yeah, so I teach on uh, real estate investing, obviously. That came from really when I started my journey into a real estate investing yeah. because I didn't have a sphere or network or family that was in real estate. Got so it. I started at about 25 years hmm. old. And, you know, there's not a lot of 25-year-olds are in that industry. And especially I grew up in, you know, the, the Diamond Hill area of Fort yeah. Worth. So, I mean, we don't even use realtors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, growing, growing up... Um, so uh, when I started my journey into real estate, I realized there was not a lot of resources around me. Uh-huh. And so I had to really grind it out. I had to figure it out. I had to struggle. I had to learn from here, learn from here, pay here, pay here. Yeah. And I just like, man, it'd be a lot easier if somebody would hold my hand. But it wasn't there. I mean, there were people along the way who offered yeah, wisdom yeah. and input. But I said, you know what? As I continue to grow and, and learn, I will pass that on to other people. Now, now it's more formal. Now yeah. it's, hey, I will have a class once a month or, you know, every other month. But uh, yeah. over the years, it would be through a phone call or through a conversation, yeah. whatever advice I could give yeah. to would help. But I think that's where that comes from is just me recognizing how difficult it is to mm-hmm. go at something alone and just wanting to be a helping hand like in that. my industry. Yeah. So what introduced you into this career that you started a long time ago? Who that was it? Somebody that was mentoring you? Did, did you just look and you're like, "That's what I'm gonna do," and then you went to go get it? How did that take place? Yeah, so it was really interesting. We had just bought our first house. It was by about 22 years old. We had a, just a great real estate agent, so I was just intrigued by it. Mm. I was working full time at Tarrant County College as a locksmith at the time, 
And uh, again, you know, I had second jobs, you know, at various yeah. places, just trying to make things work. Um, one day I said, hey, honey, well, you know, why don't you consider getting to real estate? You know, our realtor was doing it. She was doing well. And she says, well, you know, I really don't have the personality or the temperament to do that. She goes, why don't you do that? <laughs> and I said, you know what? Why don't I do it? I said, why don't I do it? I signed up for classes why? the next, very next month. Okay, good, good. <laughs> why do you, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but why did you try to pass it on to your, was it your, your wife? At the, yes. Okay, why yes. did you try to pass it on to your wife as opposed to saying that might be for me? Like, you know, she had to say, no, no, you do it. What made you do that? I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I wish I understood. Yeah, yeah. But I recognized when she told me, why don't I do it, that it more resonated with me yeah. than it did with her. Yeah. You know, so I, I couldn't fully understand, you know, uh, if I gave it more thought, maybe I would. But yeah. I'm really glad that she said, well, why don't you do it? I think it would fit well with your, your personality. I said, okay, well, you know what? I think I will. Yeah. So you got in and you started and you went to school. What was that like? How long did it take? What now? The reason I'm asking is because, you know, you were six years mm-hmm. in to your two year degree. How did you not how were you not worried that you were going to go in for a one-month or two-month course, and it was going to take you a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. but how did you get past that? So so real estate courses, they're not as lengthy as yeah. college education. You can get your degree, but to get certified by the state of Texas, you just need to take a certain amount of hours. I got my hours done in 30 days. Man. So from beginning to end, yeah. it took me 30 days to complete all my classes, took my, fun, my state exam, and then within another 30 days, I had my license. So from... Uh, 60 days to do that. But the difference is I recognize that that that, that was an opportunity, Got it. that it worked with my personality, with my temperament, that I had the drive yeah. and the desire to do that. So it, the the school and the class wasn't a challenge at all. It was not a challenge. It, it, it seemed right to me. You know, if you're, if you're listening right now and you're wondering why am I struggling at something and there's no like purpose or desire in that direction – that could be the reason why someone's like going a little bit slow because your motivation was this is what I want to do. I see what people are, 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 do, are making in this career. So you're, you're, like your mind shifted or something and you were just processing it faster. You finished quicker. And I think that's a great thing to, to, to kind of tell people is find something that you're focused on and it might actually change the way that you execute. Yep. You know what I mean? So I love that you did that so fast. Yeah. So I was one of those who bounced around from job to job. Yeah. That, that, that was me. It drove my wife crazy, my father-in-law crazy. But there was just, you know, there's nothing wrong with working a job temporarily to yeah. make ends meet. But I knew none of those things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. None of them. And I couldn't articulate it at 21, 22, 23 years old. So I would go from here to go. So I'm looking for something, yeah. but this is not it. I'm looking for This is not either. This is oh. not it. I know I need to make ends meet. And when I got into real estate, yeah. all the, that, the, the passion, the energy, the focus was there. And I've not, I had not really had that before. So I recognize that this is something that I really need to pursue. Now, you said earlier that in the very beginning... Uh, 60 days you go and you finish and you, and you, I guess you get a job right away. And you said you had some challenges. You said you, you know, had to spend a little money here and there to kind of learn the, the, the industry. Tell me some of the challenges that you had coming out of Diamond Hill where, you know, you didn't have friends that did the job mm-hmm. that you were about to do. So seeking a mentor, seeking people who believed in you that you never knew in your life. What was that like? And how did you step into that? Yeah. So, I mean, none of it's easy. 
not, none of it's easy. Most of the challenges are internal. Mm. You know, it's just, you know, what you believe about yourself. I mean, a lot of when you, when an individual encounters challenges, yeah, what's underneath will come to the surface. Mm. So if there's fear, if there's doubt, if there's discouragement, if there's financial insecurities, if there's a poverty mindset, if there's unbelief, that's all going to come to the surface. Mm. So a lot of things were just coming to the surface that I don't even know what was there. Yeah. But, but fortunately, as I was pursuing this, I was also pursuing my personal growth. So I was able to recognize it. I was ready mm. to identify it. I was, already, I was already formulating faith and belief and the characteristics and the qualities that I wanted. I knew that what I set my mind to, I could do. So before, like, even though I didn't have a mentor, even though I didn't have really somebody who can walk me through, I already formulated faith and belief. And I knew that what I set my mind to and my heart to, that I could accomplish that. I knew it. I told my wife, and this was this would drive her crazy. I used to. I knew I was successful. We'll fact check this too. Just oh, we not will. Joking. I'm joking. Go ahead. Um, I told my wife. We. I got in real estate about 25 years old. When I was about 23 or 24, I said, "Honey, I'm already successful. I just haven't walked it out yet. <laughs> I'm it, already sick. My mindset, my attitude, it was all going that right direction." Okay, so people struggle. This is a challenge. Separating their work life with their personal growth. And somehow you instilled it in you that work is this. I'm learning. I'm going to do this for the. But I'm in, I'm investing in myself. And and you said faith, self development, your mental strength. Where did you find that? I think that's a great thing, dude. Because we kind of put it. Oh, I'm all in, man. Is I got to work, and every everything that I develop yep. has to do with work. And, nope. and I got to wake up, and and work's going to define and make who I am. Because if I don't give it my all, then n- nothing's going to happen. And we neglect self, right? And self is so important because we might stumble at the job, right? But you can still believe in yourself. So tell me. How you came across that? When did you decide there's a line between what I do for a living and who I am as a person? Yeah, that's a that's a very challenging one because people really tie their identity to what they do. Yeah, and 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 it's and I don't blame. I, yeah, I get yeah, it. I know. I get, I get it. it. There's a lot of satisfaction in doing and yeah. working. I think as men, we're designed to just you know do things mm-hmm. and do it well. We like seeing accomplishment. Um, but when I was younger, remember, I wasn't very good at very much, you know? So, I mean, it was uh, in terms of working and everything, people were always better than me. I'm like, man, mm. why can't I get this, you know, engineering job? It's not that I didn't try. I tried for engineering. I tried for, applied for yeah. management. I tried for training programs. Nobody would hire me on those things. So, mm. um, so I realized really quick, if, if I'm going to do something, I'll have to create it on my own. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to create it on my own. And if I'm going to create it on my, on my own, I've got to develop myself and develop skill sets that I do not yet possess. So um, luckily, I got introduced at a very young age to, um, there's a few books and resources that I had read. I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by mm-hmm. Rich Robert Kiyosaki. I had got introduced to uh, Jim Rohn. Uh, he's an old-time speaker. Jim Rohn has one of my favorite quotes. He says that if you work on your job, you'll make a living. If you work mm-hmm. on yourself, you'll make a fortune. So at 21, 22 years old, when I'm working on I, I grasped that. I yeah. grasped that. I was like, what does this mean working on yourself? And I just I like kept it. listening. I kept reading. reading. Reading was very difficult for me. My, you know, people, people can go through 40, 50, 60 books a month and I struggle to read, you know, one book every other month, you know? So, I mean, yeah. but I, I kept doing it because I knew that um, it was going to mold me in, into somebody that could I'll, experience a level of success. I'm going to talk to you about how you dealt with the struggle of reading, okay, in a, yep. in a minute. But 
you mentioned something that happened often. I, I tried for this. I tried for that. And I didn't get it. Someone else got it. And the word rejection comes to me. Yep. How did you handle rejection, right? Because you, you, you continue to look for opportunities. But what would you tell someone that's coming to you and and that is what's holding them down, holding them back? They've just faced a lot of rejection and they're scared to continue. Like they don't even want to take look for the next opportunity because they're so like well, messed up because there's a lot of rejection. Yeah, how I handle that as, an, as a young adult, 18, 19, 20 years old in the workforce was way different than I handled it at 21, 22, mm. 23, 24 as I began to develop. Yeah. Because when you're not developing, you will react. Got you won't it. respond. You'll react. Yeah. You'll personalize it. You know, it must be me. I must be no good. I must be, you know, it wasn't meant to be, mm. you know, all this kind of stuff. So I can see why an individual would want to get up, uh, give up. But as an individual begins to grow and elevate their mindset and elevate their thinking and develop their core, their beliefs, everything, when things like that happen, yeah. it doesn't phase them that much. Okay, you know what? So you just get back up and you just try again. Okay, this one, this door is not open. Okay, let me just get back. You know, it's just, it's a matter of time. So for me, like I, you think about it in my industry. So I have to look at 15 to 20 houses before I buy one because that's mm-hmm. how competitive it is. Yeah. So imagine if I said, well, well, this first person didn't accept my offer. May as well give up. Or the fifth. How, yeah. how about even the 10th? Oh, man. Does that make sense? But, it, oh, but, yeah. but what I see now is just, you know what? That's a no. That's okay. That's just getting me one house closer to a yes. Well, I, okay. So it's funny. We have a small comparison there because running the failed podcast and then I've had, you know, I've been in the podcast game for a while. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of invites out there. Yep. And I and I get rejected a lot. And not only do I get rejected, but I get rejected by like people that are close to me. And boy, I'm man. so surprised. But it hurts. Yep. And so I'm investing in what I'm doing yep. and slowly I'm starting to see, like I got, I got connected to you through someone and it was a lot easier. Right. And I may, I found that adjustment and I'm realizing that's the path I need to go. So rejection also helps you redirect mm-hmm. and figure out how to do things better. What are some things that people can do better to come out of rejection on the 15th home to get to the 20th? Do you have a specific scenario? Like, are you talking about job-wise, education-wise? In Just gen- in life, in like mentally, like like your headspace, man. Like, okay, I made this pitch, you know, 10 times it didn't work, but but it, but you trust it and you know it is. It's just the wrong person. Yeah. Do you change strategy or do you say, no, 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 I have a game plan. It's going to work. I just need to, you know, I just need to go on to the next one. So I want to answer that two ways. Okay. So if you're talking about specifically in the moment, mm-hmm. um, I don't think there's much you can do in an individual moment. I think I think if you took a deep breath, it may, you know, lower your, you know, your your blood pressure, you may yeah. take a second, step outside. But to me that's like 5%. How you handle that? How you're going to handle moments like that is defined by what you did for the last week, the last month, the last year, the last two years. So you can't encounter these situations yeah. and not put in any effort to grow and then expect to handle it like a successful individual. Hmm. Does that make sense? So people will do that. They'll encounter something, have not put in the work to grow, and they react and they want to do something in that individual moment to help them. And I'm not saying, again, step away, take a yeah. deep breath, breathe, but that's going to get you so far. You missed the moment to grow, 
to be able to handle that. So, so I'll answer it. That's the first way. The second way to answer that, what can an individual to do? One of the biggest things is to, to one, one, grow, focus on personal growth. Yeah. Two, accept the reality that, that rejection is just a part of success. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Just that's a reality, and there are a whole bunch of realities that we, as individuals, as business owners, or people pursuing, you know, their passions, have to accept, and that's one of them. Is rejection? I don't get every deal. I don't get every house. Mm. I do lose money sometimes on deals. Yeah. Some sellers do fall through. Some buyers do fall through. Some of my contractors make mistakes. Yeah, you know, and I have to pay the bill for it. Mm. So I mean, I, 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 if I had not had preparation, all of these things would be very overwhelming. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, so in the, in the specific moment, I've already kind of accepted, hey, there are things that are going to come my way, and I'm just going to have to accept the reality that this is what it is mm. and, and make a conscious decision to keep moving forward. You know, failure pops up for people that they're almost like, man, I just don't want to fail. I just don't want to fail. But you put things in place for small failures along the way. This guy overspent, this guy was late. Mm-hmm. You're already foreseeing them and you're adjusting ahead of time because it's kind of repetitive. Like here's another house, here's another flip, mm-hmm. here's another thing. So you're paying attention to the process and then you're eliminating some of the headaches ahead of time. And I think that's a valuable lesson for people that deal with failure. Like yep. at some point, you got to say on the next one, I'm going to adjust. Yeah, you want to learn. You want to learn really quick. Yeah. You know, so um, I would start off by redefining what failure is. I wouldn't personalize it. And I think that's where people get in trouble is yeah. they, they personalize failure with their identity. I failed at this. So therefore, I must be a failure. I have Had to quit. It. So I, I, if you can separate the two, yeah. hey, I'm I'm still... A man, I'm still a husband, I'm still a father, I still have character, I still have integrity. Yeah. And you know what? I failed at this. Or somebody said no. And, yeah. and separate the two to a degree, I think people will go a lot further. That's good. I like that. You said that you struggled reading. Was that all the way like from like elementary, like throughout to college and stuff? Or did when did, did when did you realize that you were getting more comfortable with it? I, I struggle. I um, I struggled with reading. Not that's something I couldn't. Nothing was interesting me, interesting oh, okay. to me. Yeah. So nothing would catch my attention. But even when I found books that I did enjoy, it still took me time to read them. Yeah. Um, I'm just not as strong of a reader. But they were way easier than anything I've ever read in college, in high school, or anything else. Because okay, here we are talking, and you're just smooth, man. Like you 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 talk very eloquent. You, you you choose good words to, to describe what you're saying. Where did that come from? Did the did the weakness in reading did it develop other areas? And did you notice that it was developing you like as far as being a, like in salesmanship and communication? Or did or how did that happen? Because the reason I mention it is because for me, struggling with like reading and writing, I had to strengthen other areas. And boom, it's like communication. It's personable skills. You know, that's what I developed. But it happened naturally. Now I can put it together. And I'm just wondering how you ended up there just because I kind of can, I can hear that you're a good communicator. Yeah, yeah. So I I would probably say, I don't know if I was at the time able to, excuse me, uh, piece that together the Mm -hmm. way you just did. But I would imagine that the combination of um, my readings, everything that I was taking in, 
it was increasing my intelligence, increasing my vocabulary, increasing, you know, my understanding. Yeah. You know, I was growing in wisdom and growing in knowledge and everything. So yeah. a lot of those things I would say contributed to that. Mm. Though at the time, I probably wouldn't have been able to put that together. So I, I do. I think that when we take things in, we'll eventually, you know, we'll regurgitate it. Yeah. You know, it just becomes a part of us. Got it. In your career, you're training people. And a lot of people find success and they, for some reason, they just want to keep it to themselves. It's my secret. Yep. It's, 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 you know, I can't, I can't let nobody know because there's, there's not enough to go around. And that's a strong thing in this, you know, right. in this world. Where did you decide or when did you decide that to, you know, that you wanted to give back, that you weren't worried about developing and making those that would, in essence, be your competitors. I know they're more like partners and strategic right. partnerships, but what? where did you get that from? Because that's a challenge that a lot of people face, and it makes their world real smart. Yeah, I mean, I real small, real smart. It I makes think, their world I real smart. I think it goes back to what's inside the individual. Yeah. You know, because there's all kinds of things, and there's good qualities, and there's there's qualities yeah. that are not so great. There's healthy ones and there are unhealthy ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have fear, doubt, you know, um, unbelief. You can have courage. You can have resilience. You could have greed inside. Yeah. You know, you could have generosity inside. You know, so I think there was a natural part of me that just desired to be generous. Mm. And then as I saw what it takes to be successful, that kind of kicked in, Gosh. you know, yeah. and I wanted to share that information. On top of that, on top of kind of what's already been in there and what I've experienced, that I recognize that um, uh, it kind of goes from what my job is or what I do for a living or my business. Now I'm just not pursuing that. I'm pursuing purpose. Mm. Does that make sense? And purpose oh, yeah. is far beyond what I do for, it's far beyond flipping a house, making yeah. it ugly, make it beautiful. Now it goes, okay, how can I give back? How can I become mm. a better individual yeah. today than I was last week, last month, last year? Mm. Does, and not everybody desires that. Some people just want to make a living and that's okay. Yeah, That's perfectly okay. But other individuals are, are, are pursuing who they were called to be. And so this is, it feels like for me, it's just one piece of the puzzle of something that's larger. So as I would give back, or as I would teach, or as I would, it's just me putting pieces of puzzle together, something larger that will unfold over a lifetime. Do you have any kids? I do. I have two. Two kids. How old are my, Mine's nine. Yeah, I have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. Okay, let me ask you this. As a father, as a mentor to, to a lot of people, what are some qualities right like if even if, if, if on both sides of it on personal and on business that you would that you want to pass down to them that you feel like are core things that that help that you found out a long time ago and they still help you day in and day out so you're saying business and personal yeah, yeah. and i just want to see if they blend or how you how you separate them because earlier when we talked about dividing that line between work and self and I just want to see where you're at. Okay, now are you talking about how how would I pass it on to my children? Is yeah, like how saying? would you teach them? Like how yeah, so I'm in the midst of that right now yeah. because they're at 15 and 12 years old, so they're very, you know, they're formidable years. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, um I think I'll just tell you what I teach my kids. I teach my kids about um about honesty. Mm -hmm. I teach my kids about integrity, which is which is applicable in personal Absolutely. and business. Yeah. I teach them about resilience, not giving up, mm -hmm. about working hard. Um, I teach them about the importance of 
um, getting out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I said, if, you know, if one of my kids is more introverted, yeah. hey, honey, I know naturally you just want to be more to yourself. I would encourage you mm. to, to work on reaching out and being the initiator yeah. so you can work on that area of, of, of life. So yeah. personal growth is a big one. Yeah. Reading is a big one. Uh, investing is a big one. Uh, Staying out of debt yeah, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. much as they could. Yeah. Um, we all try. We all yeah, try. we all try. We all try. <laughs> I mean, no, no one's perfect. But I mean, I'm just trying to start. I mean, we, what a world our kids are starting going to be growing up in today. It's a different world. It's tough. It's 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 a lot of information out there. So it's it's good to know that when we have failures and challenges as older people, and if we have kids, families, yep. that we not only go through it. But I think what makes an individual grow more than anything is whenever whenever they're able to teach what they went through. And that's how I think people improve. Talk to me a little bit about the way that you teach and what you gain from teaching. Obviously, I know it's business. You're teaching how to buy and sell and all that. I get that part. But what are some of the benefits that you see from teaching? On their end or my end? On, like both. Uh, both, like in your courses that you yeah. give for people that are trying. Yeah, to- so for them, success is, is really 80-20. It's 80% internal, in my view, and 20% skills. Mm-hmm. So my classes are designed really around the 20%. Got Let it. me just teach you the practical skill sets on. Yeah. But what I love about it is an opportunity for me to work on the 80 does that make sense? So, like, uh-huh. even though I teach skill sets, yeah, it's okay. Um, even though I teach skill sets, uh-huh. I'll incorporate um, belief. I'll incorporate um, having a healthy thought life. I'll incorporate yeah. my values into the lesson, even though I'm teaching on yeah. the technical aspects of buying a house, remodeling it, reselling mm. it, or renting it, or whatever that may be. Yeah. So, I really do try to stick to that twenty, but I love the opportunity to incorporate. Um, some of the other values that yeah. I possess. So I that's what it is for them. On my end, I do see my role, even though I'm teaching them. Um, these are free classes that I hold. They're, well, they're yeah. free to them. They cost me because I put it on. We buy breakfast. We give away gift cards, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's a cost to me. But I see myself in the position as a mentor. And Got a mentor's it. job is to add value. So when I'm teaching them, I love adding value yeah. to, to these individuals. I love seeing people... Um, seeing possibilities. And, and what it does, when you have somebody like myself or any teacher or anybody willing to share, it bridges the gap between where they are and where they want to be. Mm. It may not bridge it completely, but yeah. it goes one layer down or it just inches up closer. So now success is not that far off for them. It's a little bit closer. It's not completely like there, but I'm saying it's it's just me doing my part, yeah. and all it cost me was time and information. And, and I, it's my classes are about an hour, fifteen minutes, so not even much time. Yeah. How often do you are you giving classes? And like, how, like is it like just in the Fort Worth area, or are you moving around the no, metroplex? No, it's typically uh, it's just in Fort Worth. Um, as of now, we were doing it once a month, but mm-hmm. I did take off. I do take off June and July because mm-hmm. we do do some traveling. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we won't have anything in June or July. I've also been a guest teacher at some of these other uh, uh, venues yeah. as well. So, I mean, but typically it's just in Fort Worth. Oh, okay. Once a month. So here now you're you're well into your business. You understand the ins and out of your industry. 
what are some of the, you know, there's obviously a lot of little challenges that you already anticipate, but in the past year or two, what's one of the biggest challenges that you had that kind of had, that you had to grow a little bit, that you maybe had to learn something new? Uh, It taught you something new about yourself and now you're on the better side of it. Yeah. So I think the most recent thing that sticks out with me was probably about a year and a half, two years ago. I was working on projects, and I kind of have my threshold. Yeah. Like, I like working on three or four projects at a time. Got it, got it. So that's just my comfort zone. Yeah. And I would tell, I would come across another deal, and I would say, you know what? I don't know if I can do this. I, I like doing three or four at a time. Yeah. Another deal would come, you know what? I don't think I'll do this one. I, 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 have, I don't want to do, I can only handle three or four. I caught myself one time. I was like, why am I limiting myself? Mm. To three or four, I caught, what am I telling myself? Yeah. So I caught it, and I said, you know what? I'm capable of 10 at a time. Wow. And it wasn't but six months later, three months later, four months later, that I was counting all the projects that I had between remodels and, you know, renovations and rentals. I had 11 projects going. Wow. You know, yeah. when, when six months or prior or five months prior, I was capping myself off at three to four. So uh, I hope that answers your question, but that's no, one that that's really that re- that's one that really sticks out. I, I think we do get comfortable and work around that that comfort and we say, well, I do really well here and I know the results and I, I, I kind of got a hold of it and you, and you don't realize how long you can get, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a stuck there, even yep. though it's not negative, but sometimes in a positive way, we can get stuck somewhere. And I think that that's interesting that you said, you know what, I can handle a little bit more. And sometimes that's what it takes for us to move on to the next growth, right? To the next, to, to go up another level after a failure is yep. that, okay, you came back, you bounced back, but now you got to decide that you're willing and ready to take on a little bit more because it's time to grow. Yep. And that's hard it coming is. from failure. I'm telling you, that is hard. And now, but but you're choosing because we think we will do better and grow whenever there's failure, but not whenever there's success. And right. those three to four projects you had, that was a sign of success. And you still said, you know what? I still have room to grow. And I like right. that. I right. think we should always look for an opportunity to grow. It doesn't have to come from a negative place. It can come from a positive place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one thing that I've realized is a lot of barriers or setbacks or failures whatever you want to call it challenges they're uh, we get in our own way Dude, they're brought upon they're, they're br- yeah yeah there are some exterior things that do happen but a lot of our blocks what blocks us is internal yeah does that make sense we oh, we, yeah, we can man. sabotage our I success can't. i can't i, I can I, have people i can have people that i'm mentoring we're looking at the same house <laughs> the same deal yeah you know we i know it's a great deal they know it's a great deal and they cannot pull the trigger Right, that has nothing to do with the house. That has nothing to do with the resources. It has everything to do with what they are talking themselves out of purchasing that house. Interesting. Does that make sense? So it's so a lot of our setbacks and failures. If we're honest with ourselves, we bring them on ourselves. We invite them. Yeah. You know, and so that's not always easy to hear. But if you if you if you kind of look back. And I can see it in myself, just like that situation I just gave. I was yeah. I was my own barrier. Yeah, there wasn't anybody on the outside. You know, it was my yeah. it was my I was my own barrier. Hmm. Interesting. I like it. That, I think that's a great perspective, and that that's what I feel about having these different guests because we can kind of look at, at a 
at a period in life that a lot of us go through, but just we change the perspective just a little bit and go down someone else's path or point of view, and it shines light in a new way. And we're all just trying to grow and get better. And yep. so I, I like that. I want to thank you for sharing that with us. Talk to me about whenever, leave something positive, right, for the community whenever you think about failure and challenges, either ones that are your fault and then the ones that aren't your fault. Like you were speaking about that a while ago. So how do you handle those things and what would you tell someone so that they can be encouraged? Yeah, so you're talking about an individual. If they're in a a season right now where they feel like they're experiencing failure, Well, I I look back at some of the things that I've experienced and really what's helped me the most is really just um, accepting that setbacks, challenges, failures are a reality of life. Forget business. Just look at personal. If you don't pursue business, you're going to experience challenges and setbacks. True. You'll you'll experience it within yourself, within family, within relationships. So I, I do believe that accepting that that is just a part of life will mm-hmm. take you a long way. It just alleviates this burden for perfection. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And nobody can live up to that. No, no. Okay. No. Two, um, there are people, there are resources that will help you out. Does that make sense? So whatever yeah. your problem is yeah. that you're encountering, let's say that, hey, you're not great at sales. There are sales books. There are courses. There are... Um, there are mentors, you know, you, they yeah. may, you may have to pay for it or you may have to pay for a book, but there are, there's a world of resources available for all of us to succeed for every single one of us, regardless of industry, yeah. regardless of profession, you know? Um, so I wouldn't want to leave those two things. What are, what's it like a, a book or a quote? Cause you said you, you mentioned a few rich dad, poor dad, you, yeah. a few resources that you read, something that sticks out that you just kind of repeat in your classes and that you really believe in that you heard because right now you were explaining like go outside of yourself and, and obtain a resource that can help you. Right. What's one that kind of that you share and it's like a, a quote or something that, that you, so that you know, books, I think books are priceless. Yeah. Um, I'm reading one right now by John Maxwell, the 15 mm-hmm. laws of growth. Yes. Um, so that's a great book. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Got it. Uh, Richard Edward, I mean, I can just kind of No, go no, on. that's good. <laughs> there's, there's, there's Sometimes just, we know them, but we just need to hear them again. Yes. So. Well, so leadership is really big for me because leadership has to deal with people and influence. Mm. And if you're going to be successful, you are going to have to deal with people. You know, there's yeah. really no way around it outside of inheriting, you know, multi-millions of dollars and being, if you're going to earn your way to any level of success, yeah. you're going to have to learn how to deal with people, deal with contractors, deal with students, deal with adults, deal with children, deal with temperaments and personalities. And leadership has found, I have found, has helped me to deal with the diversity of people that I've encountered in the most valuable way. I, I tell this to my wife all the time. I said, you know what, for people to be successful... And to grow, you know, people have these big dreams. It's like, you, you, you know, your family and friends aren't enough. It's the strangers that are out there in the world that have to believe in you. And you don't know yeah. who they are. But that's how you build the real success. And, it, it, uh, and I agree that it takes a great leader. And so how um, would take a little, a little rabbit trail yeah, sure. because you said leadership. And I saw the look in your eyes like you're passionate about leadership. And so am I. I love it. How do you define, and I know it's a broad question, but what makes a good leader? 
what do you do for yourself? Like, how do you carry yourself to be a good leader? So, uh, you know, John Maxwell, simp- leadership is simply just influence. Mm-hmm. But um, leadership is bringing out more in another individual. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I love it. Adding value to them and and bringing out more than them what they would more than what they would be able to do on their own. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's that, hard, man. I'm telling you, man. That's that's an encouragement for yep. people listening. Is how many people have you brought a better version out yep. of them? Like, if you haven't, if you don't do that, dude, that's so important. I think it's so fulfilling to live like that. Even yep. if it's one or two, you may not be a big leader and have thousands of people, but I think it's important to build others up. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you think about this, and anybody can be a leader, it's not just for leaders of organizations or businesses yeah. or companies. I mean, you can have exercise leadership in your, just your local, your sphere, your network, yeah. your people around, friends, family. So I love what leadership can do because when you think about it, I know not everybody can see me, but what may be a challenge for you that just I have my hand over my head right now, like, hey, this is a ceiling for me. I don't know how I'm going to get past this. Yeah. When you have a leader, that may be, they may be, they're viewing from a vantage point to where they, what you're dealing with is they can address that with simplicity with wisdom, yeah, got with it. knowledge. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what's overwhelming to one person when an individual steps in the role of leadership, they can step in and say, listen, I know it's up here to you from my vantage point. You know, here yeah. is some, here's some piece of information. Yeah. Here's some perspective that'll help you remove that lid. Got it. Does that make sense? And it happens little at a time. And so people might be listening and you might be, you might have a higher ceiling in a certain area. Right, exactly. And you won't know until you go help somebody yep. because of what you've been through. And as when I look at failure, that's what my favorite thing is, is like, as long as you don't quit and as and, and long as you're not defeated, you show back up and then you help, you, you elevate yourself back up. But in doing that, you're able to help others. Yep. And that that's what we're trying to do here. So... Let's wrap this up. Let's get some final thoughts from you, okay? You can speak uh, to a business perspective or a personal perspective just in general when it comes to failure, how to face it, how to overcome it, and how to grow from it. Okay, so uh, to wrap this up, how to deal with failure, how to deal with obstacles, how to deal with challenges, Um Tough question. Yeah. It's okay. It's not not a tough question. It's it's just one that takes intense thoughts. Yeah, we got to have another episode to answer that. Yeah, yeah, no. And there's a part of me that wants to say you tackle it head on. Oh, I mean, you throw, I mean, life is tough. Business is tough. I like that you're hesitating. Personal life is tough. Man, you get out there and you give it everything that you got. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe yeah. it to your business. You owe it to your future self, to your calling, to your destiny, mm. to give everything that you got. Mm. Does that make sense? And so, and I'm not just talking about, you know, raw strength or anything like that. I'm just talking, I'm going to learn yeah. everything that I, need to, that I need to learn. I'm going to develop the skill sets that I need to develop. I'm going to walk in this level of character and integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to develop faith. I'm going to develop perseverance. I'm going to develop all these characteristics and qualities to not be overcome by failure. So, um, I, and that's my, you know, that's my approach to yeah. life. I know I'm sit here and I'm, I may be calm or maybe reserved, but when it comes to, like, I don't identify with failure. I will a 
I mean, I do everything that I can do to overcome. I love Does it. that make sense? It's oh, just yeah. not a part of my DNA. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't allow it to yeah. be. I kind of so. want to change the name of the podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm no, joking. no. You're good. I'm not identifying with it, but I get what you're saying. Yes, yes. It's just, we have so many things against us already. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, We dude. have so many so things. We, I don't need it. another voice telling me that I'm a failure. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, I under, like I, I'm so much more than that. I'm, I'm capable, you know? Uh, there's, there's so many things that an individual can say about themselves mm. rather than I'm a failure. So from that aspect, yeah, that's I what like I'm that. saying. Don't say that you're a failure. Don't accept it. You're going through it. Grow, become better. I love it, man. Thank you, Richard, for sharing yes. just a little bit about your life and how you process things and how you've grown. And, and there's a lot of really good patterns and personality traits that you shared throughout your journey. And I really appreciate you for being open with us and, and sharing. And I hope that you, the listener, uh, are learning a little bit something. And if you have any questions, just find me on Instagram and, and DM us. Uh, let me know if, if you learned something and, and specifically if, if there was something that you learned. Let let us know. I'm just curious. And so thank you so much, man, for, yes, for, for joining sure. us today. It. Thank you again. I was look. we hit the hour mark. There we go. Like, I mean, this was, this was planned, man. And so thank you so much for everyone that's tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. All the links for Richard and what he does will be on the description below. Everything for the Felt Podcast will be down below. Don't forget, comment, share, and hit the bell. I don't know. Someone told me, say, hit the bell. Go bing, like on YouTube. It's like an, it's yep. an important thing. You can watch us. You can listen. But uh, just remember, like I always say, maybe this episode was a failure. Maybe I'll fail tomorrow, but I don't care. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm passionate about teaching people about overcoming failure and challenges. We'll see y'all on the next one. Thank you.